Hello, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. It's about payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Whether you're new to the payroll industry or a seasoned vet, this is the podcast for you. All right, folks, thanks for joining us again today. We're very excited as we approach now a new series. I hope you guys joined us on the Five Pillars of Payroll. That was our first series, and there are definitely some gems there. Go check it out. We covered five pillars of payroll, and if you missed it, they were training and talent was number one. Number two was documentation. Number three was systems, all the systems that we work with in payroll. Data processing was number four. And five was customer service. There are a ton of gems in that series. Go check it out. We are going to take you into a new series right now, and we're excited. It's a, a, a journey of a payroll professional. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. The opportunity for us to share a lot of content is going to be in this journey of a payroll professional. But before we get into all that, how you been, Walt? How you doing today? I've been good. I've been doing good, man. I'm really excited for this new series that we can get into the journey of the payroll professional because I think it's something that's not really, that really hasn't been talked about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once again, that common theme for us is payroll industries underserved. Yep. I'm excited about it. My sidebar item today has to do with getting recruited, basically, but something specific, right? So I get a ton of emails all the time about, we found your resume. It fits our needs. Yeah. And there's, they're like, they're jobs that I would have gotten years ago, not at that level anymore. They're entry-level jobs or mid-level jobs, and that's not a good fit, right? Whatever it is, I'm not getting titles that would fit my experience for today, right? Mm-hmm. So it just made me curious with all the technology, with all the AI, with all the bots and all these things, like why aren't you working off of my LinkedIn and where I'm at? Why are yeah. you going off of a resume that I submitted to you guys probably 15 years ago? That's not good data. You're sending me emails and it's annoying. I think that they could recruiters could do a better job at mm-hmm. trying to get more relevant data for the candidates that they're reaching out to with these emails. Mm-hmm. You'll get more people clicking in. Oh, what do you got? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Whereas you just, it's just white noise. And now maybe when I see your name, the next time I start ignoring you and I block you altogether. So yeah. then, so that was just interesting how they're not matching. I'm sure you get the same ones. Oh, I absolutely do. And I, I think that's part of a, uh part of the marketing strategy that some of these recruiters use just to say anybody who has payroll and their profile exactly let's just send out a blanket email yes you know let's like throw it against the wall and see what's yeah yes and yeah you know what now that you say that's probably exactly what it is and but i don't know i think they would get better leads better numbers if they targeted it more Mm -hmm. you know but i think that has to do with the targets that they have to hit as recruiters. True, because it's the numbers like, and their sales yeah. at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you're right. The more people they can catch with that net, the better. Yep. The less time it takes for them to get these blasts out. But I, I just thought that was interesting. We get so many of them. But let's talk about payroll professionals. Now, we want to start with the origin story. And I like yours better than mine. So I'd like you to start it <laughs> off and give us your origin story, Walt. 
The first part that we wanted to talk about is what you put some thought into. Hey, how did I get into payroll? Did I fall into it by accident? Did I make this choice? In some ways, yeah, we all chose to do payroll. You know, once you get into payroll and you stay in payroll, it's, it's by choice, right? Yep. So for my story, my origin story is I joined the military. I had to take the ASVAB. When I, um, when I went in, so I got a certain score and there were certain jobs that I qualified for based on my score, right? And so out of all the jobs that I was able to select from, I still I chose dispersing clerk, which was payroll, in <laughs> other words, you know, in, in the military. So that's how I got into it. Like, I just, that was one of my choices. And that's all. <laughs> but wait, I got to ask you a question. Did yeah. they have like little summaries for each job to pick? They did. They did. Oh, okay. So you were reading through summaries of the jobs and you made a conscious decision to take payroll. <laughs> to, 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 to. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's your own fault. Then. It's your own yeah, fault. It's, it's my own fault. <laughs> yeah. I chose this. Okay. Okay. Go on. So yeah, I, I made the decision. I went in, didn't learn any payroll things until after boot camp, And then after that, they sent us to an, an, what was called an, an A school. A as an apple. Okay. So it was an A school for payroll. So oh. you go there for a few months and you learn about payroll. They teach you the ins and outs of processing payroll. That's why I first got my education on payroll. I didn't know anything about it uh, coming out of high school or anything like that. I was an 18-year-old kid in, in wow. the industry, and so I had to learn about payroll. But I've always been interested in numbers, not necessarily math, but numbers. Just in, just in, I've always had a, an affinity for different numbers and stuff like got that it. and everything. Yeah, man, that, that was my origin story. That's how I got in the game and why I stayed in the game. And I just ended up falling in love with payroll. What about you, man? What's your origin story? Oh, come on, not so fast. So <laughs> give me a little bit more. So now after, how, how long did you spend in the military doing payroll? And then how, well, how was your transition from the military payroll job and then like your first job as a civilian? Okay, gotcha. So payroll in the military was a little bit different because your, your first duty was the mission overall. So no matter Mi the mission, I'm sorry, the mission being like, like the the the, the war, you guys tactical yes. something, you know, yeah. battle combat mission. Okay. Right. Yeah, I joined in January of 2001. As we all know, regretted 9/11 happened that year. I so I so had you were to in the military payroll. when that happened. Yeah, I was in the military when that happened. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I had to stay, be on guard for that and actually be in danger zones and overseas and stuff like that. And while trying to do my job and make sure people got paid. Wait, so, wait. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off. Hold, please hold your thoughts. Yeah. Okay, but I got to ask these questions, when, right? For the, <laughs> for the listeners, right? Listeners. Yeah, yeah. How was the schedule balance between being a soldier mm -hmm. or, or a seaman, because you were uh, on yeah. the you're a, a, you know, a, yep. a soldier, and what, just like hours wise, like how was that division of labor that those hours managed, like being a soldier and being a payroll person? Well, you're always a soldier, right? So okay. First, no matter what, the first, first you're always a soldier. Now, okay. if, if you have a designated job, even though the cooks were in the kitchen cooking for everyone, they were still soldiers in, right. in the military. They were still seamen. That that was just their designated job that they chose to go into. You had your role, and 
dinner. So for them, they had their set time when breakfast was done, lunch and dinner was prepared, just like we did. Our hours were from seven to four or something like that. We had our own little space, our own little payroll office. But, it, I do. Go ahead. but if something jumped off at 11 o'clock in the morning, yeah, we like we, that's we, it. We, we, we put pencils we, down and go be a soldier. Yeah, you go be a soldier. So they would run drills. Something that we were running really? constantly is called general quarters. So okay. those would be the drills that we go to. And so they would hit that. And then you have to go to your station, whatever you're assigned to do. Like if, if you were designated to, to fight a fire, if there was a fire on board the ship or something like that, you had to go to your, your designated station and go there. If there, if there was an attack, same thing. They would say, go to quarters. Wow. All, all hands on deck. Yeah. So, you know. Wow. So this explains a lot, bro. And it says a lot about how, why your claim to fame is processing. We talk about that for each other. Like both of our claims to fame mm. is processing. Yeah. And, and now I get why it is. Cause like you had to balance yes. it's for, for all intent and purpose war at some point mm-hmm. and just getting timesheets done and patents adjustments made and things like that. And that's amazing, man. Amazing. Thank you for your service, bro. I don't know if I tell you that yes, enough sir. as a you friend. Do. You, you do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for your service, <laughs> you, do, bro. you do all the time. I appreciate that. But, oh, they, there were no timesheets. So it was just there basically. Were no time sheet. Everything no. like salary? Everybody was salary. You have a There were no adjustments? There were, there, was, there were some adjustments if you got out. If you were discharged, whether it's honorable, dishonorable, when you got out of the military or you were kicked out for whatever reason, okay, right, then you could probably have, based on that date, you can have some fluctuation or differences in your pay. But other than that, you got paid like what whatever your rate was. So E1 had a certain salary, the listed folks, and then the officers and the, the chiefs but, had okay. their set their set salaried. And so not a lot of bonuses going on, nothing like that. There were sign-on sign-on bonuses for certain rates. If you right. were like a, if you were like on a sub or you you worked sure, in yes. engineering uh, or something like that. Sub. Yep. If you yep. worked in engineering, you they gave you like more bonuses than anything. Like payroll, HR people, they really didn't have those bonuses or those bonus payments that like that. You might have gotten like a reenlistment bonus. Okay. The, the based on your tenure or your years of service, but other than that, very interesting, man. That's yeah. amazing, bro. So now, okay. So now, take us from there. Now, how did you transition into civilian? Was your first job as a civilian in payroll, or did you have to? Yes, it, it was in payroll. So as soon as I got out after my four years okay. of the whole war thing, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. So I got out in 2005. Was still in the reserves for a few years, several years after that. Oh wow, okay. But yeah, I jumped into the temp agencies, you know, okay. for for jobs yep. and stuff like that. Yep. And so my first um, permanent position was with a PEO. Okay. I'm not going to say their name, yep, you, know, yep. you know, but I was hired by them and brought on and just thrown into the fire. Like I didn't really, wow. get, I, I didn't really get too much training. They basically said, Hey, this is how you do this. Boom, boom. There you go. Off to the races. Off to the so races. That, that Sink or my, swim. Yeah. That, that was initially my first experience coming from transitioning from active duty military to civilian life. It was different. It was different because you could really speak back in the civilian world versus the military. You yeah. really can't talk back like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whatever. Different culture. Different culture, yeah. Yep. It was a totally different culture. It was new for me. It took some adjust, adjustment period for me to get used to. 
to be able to say, hey, I have a voice. I can express myself and be able to say that stuff and whatever. It took some, uh, there was an adjustment period for me. I love this. I love because I'm learning a lot. I like a lot more things are making sense. <laughs> we talk all the time, but I'm still learning things through the conversation. So I appreciate it. And I hope the listeners appreciate it. It's an awesome story. That's cool. Sure, bro. Yeah, that's a good. I like that. I like that version a lot better because I think we just we gloss over it real quick. We didn't dig deep. Yeah. So after high school, I did not go straight into college. I worked for my family business for about a year. And I thought making money was more attractive at the time. And mm. all the older folks were telling me, but I was like, no, nah, I'm about to make this money right now. So mm. this seems better. So I did that. And luckily enough, like it was a double-edged sword where, yeah, I did make good money at the time for my age, but I, it was in a back-breaking business. It was a labor ah, intensive. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So after a while, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this forever, man. My relationship was suffering because I spent six days of work week working and long days. By Sunday, I was wiped out. I didn't want to do nothing. I finally got to a point where I was like, no, nah, this is for the birds. Like, I can't do this. It's not sustainable, right? Sustainability became a very big theme in my life, and I think it started then. And it still is a very big theme, sustainable practices. That's how we last in payroll. That's how we build good departments and good processes is sustainable practice. So anyway, yeah. it wasn't sustainable. And I said, right, I told one of my best friends, I said, I either got to go to college or I'm about to go to the military. I was going to join the Navy too. Cause mm. yeah, my godfather is a retired career Navy person. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the Navy. And he's no, you're crazy, man. Let's go to college. So we buddied up. So fine. Fast forward. I, few years later, I don't know, four or five years later, I had my degree. Yeah. And during that time, I still worked for the family business. And I was able to get in the office now and start doing some office work because my schedule didn't allow me to be on the road anymore in the labor part of it. So I was able to yeah. get some office work. So by the time I graduated from college, I had my degree in business management. And I had this experience from the family business that happened to be writing 1099 checks oh wow <laughs> so i had payroll experience right mm, gotcha but it was at its most fundamental level like i'm just taking invoice rates from contractors and i times it by that and okay boom i write a check there's no taxes there's no it's 1099 just keep good records and boom and this was done yeah. So graduated from school, I had this management degree, I had no idea what to do with. And gotcha. I'm like, wait a minute, what, where do I apply now? What the heck do I do with this? Mm -hmm. It's not a big problem, guys. You got to really just start thinking. You have to start thinking and being creative and understand like where you fit in and where jobs you can apply to and where you're going to leverage your degree. So I understood that I was entry level. Even as a college graduate, I didn't have any office experience. I'm trying to go into the corporate world. I wanted to work in Manhattan, you know. Mm. I, I, oh, and, okay. Right? And that was it. That was the big city of dreams. Like, that, that's where I was going to make it, right? I just, I knew that I matched at entry level. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And I kept looking for things. And the company out of Manhattan gave me an interview because I had payroll on my resume. I talked well on the phone interview. And I got a shot at in-person. They called me back. They gave me the shot. It was an entry-level job in payroll. 
Nice. And that was it, man. I, I got into corporate and they gave me the shot and boom, I was off to the races and payroll. And I just, I kept leveraging my experience and things to, to keep growing, man. Cause unfortunately you have to move around sometimes if you want to grow. Yeah. And as we talk about origins, we could talk about a few different things with the roles that we will get is payroll professionals. Like our origin stories are often like get, just getting a shot at doing it. Just getting that shot. Yeah. And, and yours is very different because you actually picked it. You were like, yeah, I want to go there. But a lot of us just fall into it. So many stories I hear, oh, I used to sit next to the person who did payroll. They went on maternity. They never came back. And my boss just gave me a shot to do it. Yep. Something like that. And yep. there are stories of that type of we just stumbled into it. And because there's no aim, right? There's no degrees. There's no path to mm-hmm. uh, success that's known. We're going to teach you guys the path of success, let me tell you. Yeah. But yeah. there's nothing out there now that you can just say, hey, oh, I want to be a payroll professional. What does that roadmap look like? Yeah, this is not something that's pretty much advertised out no, there like that. Like, no. hey, hey, you're going to do payroll. <laughs> Come no. this way. But look, it's a legit career, and yeah. it's been getting more and more notice, and, and, yeah. and people are fighting more for this. A lot of pay, payroll groups on, on LinkedIn that are doing a lot to build mm-hmm. awareness, and I believe they're getting payroll as its own type of industry because it is very frustrating when you go onto these sites and they say, what industry do you work in or whatever, and mm-hmm. you, you feel like you're in payroll. Payroll yeah. is itself its own kind of thing and bucket and that it so you, you see human resources there and you see finances there and you're like wait a minute payroll should be a subset at least at the very minimum of something mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. both because we're we're in either human resources or payroll yeah and that's how the origin again looping back to our origin story that's how you usually get in is that at this level and you grow from there whether you like it or not because like you said you yeah. fell in love with it. and I, I don't know if I fell in love with it <laughs> and I, I, not, I didn't, I fought it, I believe for a while I did it well, but I just had so much ambition and it took me a long time to, to realize folks are either very passionate about something or they're really good at something. And mm-hmm. that's what they leverage to build their own businesses and have that financial yeah. freedom. And it just took me a while to get there. So we're leveraging yeah. our talent, and it's absolutely a good career path. And this mm-hmm. journey, hopefully we show you guys that in this journey of a payroll professional. And again, we're going to have some episodes that we're conversational about where those stages are, right? And mm-hmm. some other episodes that will be more tactical. Mm-hmm. Payroll 101, for, for instance. There's some things as a new payroll professional these are the things that you have to start learning yeah. so that you can build on. Like, that's what it's that. Then you become full scope payroll. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Well, where in your career do you feel like where it, it just it just started clicking to get like all the pieces started falling into place and you really got it? Or was it that way out the gate? So for me, it was been two parts for me. So payroll in the military came easy because of how it was taught 
It was very detailed, all the different tests and stuff like that that we had to do. It was, it was literally three or four months that we just got this, this training hammered into us. Right. We, we didn't do anything else. We just got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when it came time to actually sit down and do the work, mm-hmm. I, I was already equipped with the knowledge to do it. So it was different coming out from the military to the corporate world because everything was structured a little bit different. Right. So like with the, from the, in a corporate setting, civilian setting, it was more so I had to catch on and catch up in the way they did it. Luckily, I'm a fast learner. So the first PEO that I worked for within a week, I was out there like kicking butt. You know, or whatever. Nice. Like, you know what I'm saying? I definitely had to ask my questions and stuff like that, but I was processing and really kicking butt. But it was a little bit different because we had to we had to process our payrolls and stuff our checks. Ooh. Ooh. And, okay. You know what I'm saying? So yep. like you're doing this for about twelve hundred to, to fifteen hundred pays. So you like that can be up to 30, 40 clients per person. So it was a, an adjustment to get to, but I would say in my after my first six months. Like I, I just kicked butt and they, and they, they put me in the office and say, Hey, you're doing great. Oh my God. You're just taking off. And I got a raise and, and everything with my first six months of being in that, that company. So is, like it. is that where you like, okay, I like, this is cool. Yeah. So that, that gave me just more, that gave me more confirmation that, okay, I'm in the right industry. I'm good at this. I'm capable and I enjoy it. I uh, part of the the reason I also enjoy it is because I you get to interact with people. It's, I I like to I like to to serve and to be a, of service to people. Yeah. So like that kind of fills that that role for me. Like to be able to to help people and just you know feel, feel like I'm doing something that really kind of matters. And so yeah. like that's the thought process that I had with it. Yeah. What about you, man? What when did you when did it when did it click for you? Honestly. Yeah. Our first roles together. Yeah, man. I, I found my way through the chaos. Mm, okay. So the fact that I really had to apply everything I knew, I had to mm-hmm. research and learn more. And yeah. really, it that is what made that, it was going to make or break me that situation. And it made mm-hmm. me. And it made gotcha. me, man. I've been uh, a different place since then as like that's where the whole approach this as a consultant was born approach every job you have like you're a consultant well i'll rephrase if you're having a tough time right it was chaotic it was Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of things to battle and so i learned and that's where you stretch like i was stretched out and that is where i realized i'm good at this (laughs) yeah i'm real good at this i can roll with the best of them And from there on, it was, it was, it didn't stop. I just continued to grow and really start performing at a a higher level. So that's what carried me through for a while. I I love where my career path and uh, the experience that I've had. And Mm -hmm. I'm one of those folks that believe that it's, you're the sum total of your experience. Gotcha. So I think it's had everything to do with who I am today and, I don't regret any of it. I learned when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Yeah. So I've always taken that with me, and that's been very important because in payroll, you could lose, man, and it could really hurt when you make yeah. certain mistakes. And you want you want to be that go-giver, and you want to help someone, but if you mm-hmm. miss it, it hurts. It hurts to yeah, miss man. something. What about you? I, no, I, I agree with you on that because it, most processors have big hearts 
and we take stuff personal. So when something is missed, when there is a mistake, mm-hmm. we're like, ah, oh, oh, damn it. Like, ah, oh, man, we feel that. I, I think that plays into the last series when we talked about the five pillars. It takes a certain type of person to fit into the payroll profession. Yeah. So what do you think of that? Do you think that you've taken things personal? Hey, I need to do better. Let me learn. Let me teach myself. Let me find out. Let me find a solution for this. Do you feel like you can identify with that? Yeah. When you lose, don't lose the lesson. And again, when you lose in these situations, like I said, you impact something. The reason why you lost in a payroll situation is probably due to process and procedure. If you miss something, then your checklist, you overlook, you know, that one little check that you should have done that day cost you. Yeah. Right. Or So don't lose the lesson. And it's made me incredibly organized on that front and making sure we have all the bells and whistles and notifications and reminders and lists that mm. keep you focused on what has to be done. I want to apply what I've learned from this and make yeah. sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And if you're if you're lucky enough to have a company that lets you grow and they're going to want to know what went wrong and how you're going to fix it. And if you yeah. beat them to the punch, right, beat them to the punch, then you're better for it. If you recognize you made an error or if you get that call that an error was made, you immediately document, put something together. Yeah. Hey, this is what happened and this is how we're going to fix it. And not only how you're going to fix it, but how are you going to keep it fixed? Yeah. Right. So let me ask you a question. I, I totally agree with you on that. Someone told me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Sure. A, a former manager of mine said not to apologize when you make a mistake. How I've heard that before. How do you, I, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? I'll be honest. I use my apology sparingly because of that school mm-hmm. of thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then sometimes in payroll that like, you didn't make the mistake. Mm-hmm. Even though it, the employee thinks it's your mistake, your customer yeah. thinks it's your mistake, and that's fine for them to think that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, how are you going to fix my money? Give me my money. Here's that customer service. The last yeah. pillar we just covered, fresh out. That customer service piece, you have to disarm. Yes, listen. If you're saying sorry, it's, I'm really sorry this is inconveniencing you. But once information is updated here and this is done, or once you go in and update your direct deposit, then you won't mm-hmm. have a live check anymore. And you just help them through it and just get, just be helpful and forget the emotion part of it. So, yeah, you're not always saying sorry. It's just like, it depends on the situation. You got to read the situation. And this is where you flex some leadership skills and some growing skills, emotional maturity things. You take these opportunities and you kick out your SOP. Hey, if, if they miss something, hey, fo- hey, person, this was missed. You're not yeah. blaming. You just, you're not, you missed this. Uh-huh. That's why it didn't get done. No, you should be fired. You should not, you cannot talk to your customers that way. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. And, so I think a lot of it is around that. It's that whole psychology part of it. Oh, it's admitting mistake. I use them sparingly. There's sometimes that I am. Like, I'll make a mistake, and I am sorry. And that's yeah. why I don't say it all the time, because I, it shouldn't be white noise. And you should handle it accordingly. And if you made a mistake, say sorry. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, I think you just have to balance it out. 
you know. Yeah, because the reason that manager said it to me was because they said when you apologize, especially when you do it frequently, mm-hmm. it, make, it, it makes the client or customer feel as if you don't know what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. I can see that as well. It's more like a strategic type of thing. I totally agree. So we're winding down here. I'd like to know what is payroll to you, Brian? That is a very interesting question because a few different bubbles just popped in my head all at one time. Mm-hmm. When you think of it, you also got to know that it's just, okay, your employee thinks it's a, their paycheck. So it, for me, it's the five pillars of payroll, right? It's, those, it's literally those things. That's what payroll is to me and everything in, in, in it. Everything we do regarding payroll will fall into one of those buckets and can be expanded on infinitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, you, you could have so much conversation about each one of those things because it's like about organizing. It's about documentation. It's mm-hmm. about calculations. And, and it's about delivering that product with a smile. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. What does it look like to you? Payroll to me is a service. It's a, a duty. It's a, a job that we have to successfully achieve. Yes. Right? And that may be my military stuff coming in there a little bit, but that's what it is. It's something that we have to achieve in order to make sure that these people that work hard for the, in their livelihoods and put their time in, that is correct for them. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. We're getting the data transforming that data, processing the data, and pushing it through to achieve a result. And that's to get them paid. That's to get them money in their hand for their hard work. So that's what payroll is to me, is is to make sure that on all that we do is to make sure that those people get their hard-earned money and that we do the best job of doing that for them. That's what it is. That's what payroll is to me. I love it. I love it. That's dope, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. If you could give someone who's new into this, just coming into just starting their journey of being a payroll professional, what is the tip or something that you would give for one of these newbies? Wow, that's a good one. So if you're in already, if you're good at it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. There's a bright future. There's plenty of opportunities that you can leverage and there's a great roadmap for payroll professional and if you're interested in it see if you you can get a taste of it somehow because again it takes a certain type and if you don't like it you just don't like it you're not gonna like it right you Mm -hmm. get an opportunity to intern for a payroll company or a payroll business doing payroll somehow because there's internships i've had interns and would love interns uh, again and there's stuff to do and you'll learn the business and if you can do that then do that that's my advice if you're good at it there's a great career path for you if you're thinking about it if you're that new grad that's with me and had a management degree and wait a minute what do i do with this now please Mm -hmm. consider it because you could absolutely get to a a great level at corporate there's a lot of opportunity that we're going to talk about throughout this series it's worth it. There's a lot of opportunity coming. There's under, not undeserved, an underserved industry yeah. function. Absolutely. It's about yeah. payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. No problem. If I had to give a tip to someone, I'll just say one thing. Remember to give yourself some grace. None of us know everything. Don't be too hard on yourself. That's great advice, man. I love 
where your energy is today with it. Thanks, man. Thanks for yes, sir. another one for the books. Another one for the books. Thanks, you guys. I hope you guys take care. And until next time, right? Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast, It's About Payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and William Duncan. And until the next time, folks, keep learning, keep growing, and most importantly, keep going.